We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy Friday morning, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. We appreciate uh, their sponsorship all year long. This is the Friday NFL DFS version for Week 9. I am Scott Jensted, joined, uh, as always, on Fridays by Ryan Belongi. Did I get it right this time? You got it, Scott. Belongi. I've been like saying it in my head, and then I got close to it, and I'm like, I'm going to blow this. So I'm glad we got it. It only took three weeks, three or four weeks. We're good to go. Ryan, how are you this morning? Uh, I'm doing good. How are you? I am uh, I am going well. How was, uh, How's your week been? Yeah, my week's been good. Um, you know, I played a lot of play a lot of DFS soccer, and that went well this week. But um, nice. we're here to talk about NFL. Um, before we get into this week, just real quick to touch on last week because I made some big mistakes, and the, the type of mis- this, the type well, just one big mistake really, and it's the type of thing that I always think I've gotten over, and then it still happens a couple times a season and that's reacting to news. Um, we got the Calvin Ridley news, which was unexpected about yeah an hour and a half before lock when the inactives yeah. came out. And, you know, I decided Russell Gage was a great play. Um, so I put him, I changed my cash lineup to get him into cash. I can't believe I did that. Um, I, I played him in some tournaments too. And yeah, you know, I think he had zero targets. Um, so he, That's he, always he, frustrating when he you played uh, a bunch too. He played like 36 snaps. He played as much as Tajay Sharp played, but just didn't look at him at all. Yeah. And I did, I did see something where I think he ran the second uh, most amount of routes on the team. So, I mean, doesn't make it look quite as bad, Yeah, but still um, it's just really frustrating. It happens to me a lot sometimes with these cheap receivers. Um, you just don't factor in that they have zero point potential. Yeah. Um, Thinking back to week one, it was it was Callaway on the Saints who dropped a donut yeah. uh, when everyone was on him. That's a little different though. Um, that that that's not so much reacting to news, but yeah, just really disappointed uh, to do that. I mean, I'm not saying Gage was a bad play; he he was fine. To but he's going to be popular. Uh, I just don't think it's worth like like I was done. My lineups were done. I actually got done early, uh, so so I wasn't scrambling at all. My tournament lineups done. Right. And I got the news and I'm just thinking, do I leave it? What do I do? And then like, you know, I get convinced by everyone that 
you know, he's such a good play, you know, 4,200, you can, you can just do so much with your lineup if, if you play him. Yeah. And then the other one was um, DeAndre Swift, who um, it didn't really matter in cash because he, he was the most popular running back in cash, even more than Daryl Henderson. But right. when, the, when Jamal, Will, Jamal Williams uh, got announced inactive, you know, I, I overvalued Swift, you know, one of those things where he just thought it was sort of a can't miss play. And there's really no such thing as that uh, in the NFL. So I ended up with too much Swift and too much Russell Gage. And it, it was unfortunate because my lineups before that were really good and they would have been really good. It, I ended up losing a lot of my Elijah Mitchell, who was uh, going to be one of my most popular running backs for tournaments. Yeah, he was. And good. I ended up losing. um some Michael Pittman when I, when I went down to gauge. So it just, you know, just total disaster uh, for, for the most part. Um, yeah. What about you? How did yeah. that go for you? Mine was weird. Like it flipped for me before I was good on FanDuel and really bad on DraftKings. My, it's it funny. It came down to, it's weird. I've been, I've been struggling with running backs and I was really good on running backs last week, but receivers I, I whiffed on. I, I played, uh, I played Devonte Smith for Michael Pittman, kind of in the same range. And that uh, right there, you're, you're looking at what 20 something points different. And that just, when you start in that hole and like, I think Pittman had two touchdowns before the first quarter was over. I was like, Oh, this is bad. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Eagles were up, you know, 180 to nothing on, uh, on Detroit. And uh, I think Jalen Hurts threw 14 passes total. Um, half of those went to Dallas Goddard. So there's like, seven passes left for the rest of the team. And just Devonte Smith just had, had no chance. And it, it just shows that, you know, game script we talk about a lot does matter. You know, we talk about, Oh, well, if they get up, it's because they've done the good stuff, but yeah, sometimes it's not. And all of a sudden the second half is, is worthless for your players. So it's, uh, you know, those, uh, those Vegas lines, those over-unders do matter, you know, figuring out which games are going to blow out, which games aren't really is uh, really is important. And uh, so, but uh, let's jump into uh let's jump into week nine here. We got a uh, 11 games, um, eight early, three late. We have, four teams on by so obviously we'll talk about them that's uh seattle tampa bay washington and detroit um we have three primetime games we won't be on the slate we had uh, the jets and indy last night which uh was probably the most unexpected 75 point game we've ever seen with uh, just a, a weird game of indy getting way up and the jets kind of catching up there and then uh, but not really threatening that much but uh, we have tennessee at the rams on sunday night and chicago and pittsburgh on monday night so we won't be talking about those games but uh how do you feel about the slate in general kind of before we get uh, before we go in yeah, it's an interesting slate, you know. Um, I don't, I haven't figured out uh, really a plan of attack yet. Usually, I sort of know know what I'm going to do coming into Friday, but um, we'll get into some some stacks later. But there's really there, there's no games that really stand out to me. Like there's one or two that that might be kind of popular that people are talking about, but so th there's only one total that's 50 or above and that's yep. a 50 point total everything else is under 50 um which is yeah a little bit odd um and yeah there's just a lot of slow games on this slate and a lot of teams that don't really have uh many appealing options so yeah um i think i think that's okay for tournaments because it means there probably won't be like chalky games uh at least yeah. too much where where many people go but yeah i'm um i like doing this podcast when when i haven't really figured out my route yet hopefully hopefully my thoughts can i don't know hopefully you can come to some sort of consensus but yeah i'm up in the air right now what about you yeah it's one of those weeks where there's not like the obvious you know whatever it may be a game that's 56 and we're like oh we're gonna stack that and then figure out how to piece around that we've got 
We have, uh, you mentioned the one game over 50, and it's only 50 and a half. The Chargers at Philly is 50.5. Uh, Minnesota Baltimore is 49.5, and Denver and Dallas is 49.5. We just have, but it's a weird week where a lot of the high scoring teams play the low scoring teams. And then, like, you get like you get someone like Denver and Dallas. I think Dallas is like the third highest uh, total in their games all year. And then Denver's the lowest. They're 37 points per game in their game. So it's like, what do you, which, which, which side makes out? You know, do we get fast paced? Do we get offense? Does it kind of slow down a little bit? So it's it's just we have a lot of interesting games like that. We have a lot of NFC versus AFC games too. I saw there were five. Uh, there's five games of most ever that are Super Bowl rematches uh, over the years. Uh, one of them last night was the uh, was the the Jets and Indy from you know way back uh, way back time Super Bowl three or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just it's one of those weeks where we don't have those high scoring games. We would have had one with uh, with the Chiefs and and Packers, but obviously Aaron Rodgers out um, on the COVID reserve list. Um, yeah, those three games are the three that are are the highest, but there's no. You know, we're talking 49, 50 games, not 53, 54, 55 type games. Yeah. Um, yeah, that Chiefs, that Chiefs Packers game was somewhere I was looking to go. Yeah, um, I think I think you and everybody, everybody else, it would have been it would have been like a 57 point total. It would have been a really high, highly stacked game. Yeah. And now um, yeah, there's still some options in that game, but it definitely yeah. doesn't look quite as appealing. Um yeah, you mentioned the the um, the Chargers Eagles game, the only game with a total over fifty. I think if there is going to be like a popular stack, that would probably be it. Um, it it's two teams that play a little bit faster than most on the slate and yeah. a close spread. Um, and then yet, yeah, yeah, like you said, we keep seeing these. Um, you know, the teams we want to target as huge favorites on Sunday going against bad teams. It's happened with the Rams a bunch of weeks in a row. Same with the Buccaneers, yep. um, the Bills a couple times. And now, yeah, we have the Bills and Cowboys in those spots. Yep. Um, yeah, the, Bills are, the Bills are at Jacksonville. Yeah. And um, usually I like to stay away from those games just because, you know, it's not the greatest script a lot of times. Um, but with there really not being great targets on this slate, I think you can go to those big favorites um and you don't necessarily have to run it back like we've talked about in the past yeah and we got we have some low total games too we have uh the the, the cardinals and 49ers is 45 so not that low but kind of at that borderline there um you know a, a game that uh, they played the first time i think it was 17 10 or something right in there um, with arizona winning then we have two really low games we have new england and carolina's 41 and a half obviously two teams who have played a lot of defense this year and not that much offense and then weirdly enough, a game that we have years and years and years, you know, stacked and it's been a big game. Atlanta at New Orleans is 42. Uh, crazy enough, New Orleans is producing a 20 point, 20 yard play. Uh, every 28.3 plays is the lowest in the NFL. I never thought we'd have a Sean Payton team that couldn't hit any chunk plays. But, uh, you know, here we are, a lot of a lot of running. We don't know who's going to play quarterback for the Saints. Uh, we think it's going to be Taysom Hill who got cleared to practice. But, you know, we don't know if he's, if he's fully integrated if they want to go uh, use him or go with Trevor Simeon and then kind of mix in Taysom Hill. So it uh, makes it kind of impossible uh, from a DFS perspective to figure out how the game goes because it really affects Alvin Kamara too. Um, I imagine by Sunday morning we'll have a pretty good idea. But I, I think you, even if we know a quarterback – in that game, you know, we could get a lot of mixing and matching. You know, Sean Payton might uh, might play kind of uh, rotating quarterbacks in that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and just to touch on Kamara, yeah, you know, he's the most expensive running back on the slate. I see um, he has a huge projection um, a lot of the places I've seen. But, you know, when, when Taysom Hill was the quarterback last season, he wasn't mm -hmm. touching that many passes. And, he had uh, he had ten catches total in his four starts. You know that's yeah that's a big reason why we play Kamara. And there's yeah. another thing too. He he only played um 
60 some percent of the snaps last week, I believe as, as the returning Mark Ingram uh, saw some work. So, you know, I'm not saying I I still like Kamara. What's good for Kamara is the matchups. Great against um, Atlanta who has been bad on offense and bad on defense. And they're not um, necessarily great at keeping possession. So the saints, I would assume should see a lot of the ball and, but they don't play the fastest either, but yeah, so it's a good matchup for Kamara, but I don't know. There's some things that, that have me considering a fade. Um, we can get into running backs later, but yeah, yeah it's an interesting slate. Yeah. And I mean, and with the Kamara thing, just touch on real quick, you've got that, but you also have the fact that they get to the two yard line, you know, usually they hand it to him. And now if you have Taysom Hill, like that just adds another dynamic in there too. Whereas, you know, Jameis is probably not, you know, running for two yards or running a, running a run option where he's going to keep it, that kind of thing. You know, every once in a while, you know, Jameis may get loose, but you know, you have a Taysom Hill who has a nose for the touchdown down the two yard line. So that, that really affects Kamara too. Absolutely. Yeah. Great point. I mean, a lot of Kamara's value, we would hope comes from touchdowns, yeah. but they're touch and, sh- and even short touchdown runs. But with Taysom in there, it's less likely. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And you might get Taysom with Ingram in the backfield inside the five too. Like that's, that's, that's a factor also. So, I mean, Kamara's awesome can go off in a time, but there are definitely some factors that, uh, that make him pretty wary of him at, at his price tag uh, this, uh, this week. So, but let's jump into some, who we think would be the popular guys. Um, you know, it starts at the top. And the question I'm going to have to ask you to start this off is, is a quarterback. And it's with the with the with the Packers Chiefs game. It's Jordan Love. He's he's forty four hundred. Um, I don't. I just don't even know. He's forty four hundred. I mean, obviously he, he Rogers was ruled out after the pricing came out, so they had no way to know this. But what the heck do you do here? We got to start at the top. Are you going to play Jordan Love at forty four hundred because it affects everything else you do this week? Yeah, it's a question of the slate, pretty much when it comes to cash games, at least. Um, I've gone back and forth on it. Um, the positives, obviously, if you play a $4,400 quarterback, you can, the rest of your lineup looks really good. Um, and he probably only needs to score you, you know, 15, 17, 18 points to be like a really good cash play. Um, so I'm okay with it. I've been leaning towards not doing it just because, um, I'm worried that the Packers are going to try to slow that game down as much as possible. I think we're going right. to see a lot of AJ Dillon, like we saw against Arizona, a lot of Aaron Jones. They're, they're definitely going to try to run the ball, um, but they might be losing. Uh, they're probably going to be losing. And then Jordan Love would have to pass. You know, I was going to ask you, like, does, does he have any rushing upside you know we haven't seen jordan love i'm not quite sure what to expect i mean where do you fall on him it's weird i guess my question is what what points did he have to put up for you to be like oh i really should have played jordan love that was obvious is it like 17 is it 20 is it 23 like what does he have to do for you to be like wow i really blew that one that was that was free money yeah actually it it probably less than that yeah i think if you told me he was going to score 17 i would play him yeah, how do you I mean Devontae Adams is back, which which helps a lot. Um, I don't know. I mean, Love hasn't shown. I mean, he he was he's athletic, but he hasn't really shown. He was 24 of 35 in the preseason for 270 yards, a 7.7 YPA. Um, everybody says he looks pretty good, everybody seems kind of ready, but that's so coaches speak, you know, that's gonna happen. But it's 4,400. Like it's just hard. Like you said, I mean you you're, you said 17 points, and like they're like, if you give me 17 right now, you kind of have to take it, right? And that's uh 
for a quarterback, that's not that much. With Devontae Adams playing, he's got maybe Marquez Valdez-Scantling coming back. You've got uh, – I think the concern you mentioned is the big one for me. It's, you know, will Green Bay go into a – we need to keep the ball away from Mahomes, run the ball with uh, with uh, Aaron Jones and with uh, A.J. Dillon over and over and over. But, I mean, the other the flip side of that is if Kansas City kind of finds their mojo a little bit and scores a little bit, uh, at some point, you got to throw the ball to keep up and score in this game. It's uh, it's the biggest question this week by far. It's how it impacts how you, you you do the rest of your roster. You know what Jordan Love does is going to determine a lot of what goes on this week. Yeah, um, it, you know it, it's such a tough question. I'm just I'm going back and forth in my head right, right now. That and there's the, just the a, match- there's a lot of there's a lot of ways we just can't know. Like we don't know what he's going to look like in an NFL game in a really tough stadium to go play in Kansas city is really, really loud. Um, yep. A lot of, a lot of quarterbacks in their first year have gone to die there. It's just a tough place to play. Probably the loudest stadium in the NFL right now. Maybe that in Seattle. Um, it's a, it's a huge question mark. And everybody tells you like, they know what's going to happen is full of it. Um, the, the, the fact that the floor is re- has to be really, really low for him to do well is huge, but um, it's a huge unknown, but 4,400, it's a, it's an, it's an answer that we have to, an answer we have to come up with. Yeah, and I, that's a good point. I was just gonna say that no one knows yeah. what's what's gonna happen or how to project Jordan Love. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't worry about what anyone says or what anyone thinks. I guess so, sort of just go with what you think would be my advice. I think yeah. he's definitely viable at that price, just because, like you said, he he doesn't need to score that many points to be a really good play. Uh, KC's a tough place to play, but their defense has um, been a good defense to play against yep. for fantasy purposes for the most part. I think um, they've had like one or one or two games max where they like the quarterback did not play really well. It was, it's been it's been very rare. Yeah, and so because I was leaning at, leaning towards fading Kamara, I wasn't going to play Jordan Love. Um, now they they don't necessarily go hand in hand. I just mean that I didn't need to spend all the way up at running back. Right. So I decided to play a better quarterback. I think you can. I think you definitely can play him though. He's absolutely in play. So if you if you go away from love, let's go to who we think the other popular quarterbacks to be. I mean, the two names that jumped out to me uh, were Josh Allen eighty two hundred and Lamar Jackson priced nine hundred dollars cheaper at seventy three hundred. Allen has the the great matchup against Jacksonville, but another game where you know if they're up you know, 35 to 10 and a half time, you know, what did they do? Did he get him there? Uh, did they run the ball? You know, we get the Jalen Hurts from last week where, you know, they had 40 points, but every running back had two touchdowns and he didn't have any. It was a, it was a weird game. But um, the last three weeks, Josh Allen has been three, three and four touchdowns. He's been the top quarterback in fantasy in three of the last five weeks. Um, you know, I can go through all Jacksonville's uh, defensive pass stats, but I'll just tell you that they're all bad. So there's just, just that. There's no reason to like go in the exact numbers. And then Lamar Jackson, he's 7,300. He's priced, you know, he's $900 cheaper than Allen. Um, it just looks too low. As you like scroll through quarterbacks, you're like, oh, Lamar, 7,300. You know, has, hasn't, he, he hasn't been a huge passing guy this year. He's only has uh, more than one touchdown in one game. He had that big, I think it was a four touchdown game on Monday Night Football. Um, Minnesota should be able to get pressure, although Daniil Hunter is not playing, but they, they still pressure the quarterback pretty well. But Lamar, I mean, just a, a really great floor with the the always possibility for a large ceiling. But uh, where do you fall between these two guys? Do you think they're the two most popular with love? How do you think quarterback plays out in terms of like a roster ship this week? Yeah, um, for, for cash games, I think Lamar will be more popular than Allen. Um, I do too. Like you said, the $900, $900, I mean, that's a pretty big difference. Yeah. I, I think you could almost make a rule that if Lamar Jackson's <laughs> ever $900 cheaper than the other option. And he's playing yeah. at home, you know, when Baltimore's favored, 
it's just always Lamar because because of the rushing upside yep. and floor. Like I, I love, I like, you know, I like Josh Allen a lot this week. It's a great matchup. Um, Jacksonville has been really bad, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll, you know, Lamar, Lamar's just a great cash play and $900 yeah. cheaper is just kind of uh, confirms the decision. So that's where I would start. Um, and, you know, I think you could play Hertz if you wanted to, um, for $600 cheaper than Lamar, $6,700. Um, we did just see him bust for the first time. He finished with 11 fantasy points, like you mentioned earlier, only through 14 passes. Um, unfortunately, Boston Scott had two touchdowns and Jordan <laughs> Howard had two touchdowns. Right. Um, all, the, yeah. uh, all, the, all the Kenneth Gainwell players are like, uh, what about us? Oh, man, yeah. I, I had a... I had a little bit of Gainwell. That that was it was that was hard to watch. You're like, oh, Gainwell's coming in. You're like, oh, that's Jordan Howard's music. And you're just like, oh my gosh. So, uh, but yeah. oh, good. Sorry. No, yeah. So I I think Hertz is is okay because that's a that's a good game environment against yeah. the Chargers. Like we mentioned, with the highest total and it's supposed to stay close. And you know, before Hertz had a tough game last week, um, he had. I think put up at least 22 fantasy points in every game this season. He's just like, he's a really good cash quarterback because he's safe for the most part, you know, very similar to Lamar because of the rushing yards. I'm, I would find the 600 for Lamar just because I'm not really a Hertz guy. Like he's really bad at passing and Lamar's actually pretty good. I think, I don't know. I, I feel comfortable, um, more comfortable playing Lamar and 600 isn't that big of a difference. Um, and I think we saw that, you know, Hertz is the, you know, not game script proof. If they do get a game where they get up, um, you know, obviously th- this week against the Chargers, you don't expect that, but um, you know, it does, he's, he's, a, he's a quarterback that the second half they're up, you know, they're just going to be eating the ball and, and handing it off. And he did run some, but uh, didn't get in the end zone and that, uh, that kind of killed him. But let's jump into who we think the popular running backs would be. But first a note from our sponsor at WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions, and even more so making the right decision. Listen up. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more all at your fingertips. Want to break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino, take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, all while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all Roto-Wire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Roto-Wire's fantasy podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Ryan, last week we had a lot of running backs that uh, that I thought were really uh, really viable, really interesting. Um, you know, we had Jarrell Henderson who was priced well in a good matchup. We had Joe Mixon; they both scored twice. Um, it worked out really well if you kind of went with the, the obvious running backs. I don't see a lot of obvious running backs this week. There either there's there's some guys that are expensive that are interesting. There's guys that are cheap that are interesting, but nobody that like in the right matchup, priced at the right spot. Where I'm like, here we go with Jarrell Henderson. Um, the one to me that I think would be the most popular, I like the most, is actually Ezekiel Elliott this week at 7,000. Um, they are playing Denver, uh, favored by, you know, whatever it is, 9, 10 points, 8, 9, 10 points, somewhere in there. Um, he was quiet last week, didn't do a lot, but he still had 20 touches, which is, you know, obviously the, the important thing with the running back. Nice game script this week. He has 15 targets last couple weeks, probably not as many this week because, um, you know, you figure they'll be ahead. But, you know, Denver's given up a lot of big running back games. Dearness Johnson had 146 yards against them two weeks ago. Um, the Raiders running back scored three to three times combined in week six. So the matchup's here. Uh, the game script is here. The player is here. Um, I think Zeke at 7,000 sticks out to me as the, 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 the first guy to go to at the running back position. Yep, I agree with everything you said. Um, it, it's not – it's different than – previous weeks for running back we don't have you know the quote-unquote lock like we've had with daryl henderson or whoever else it's been daryl henderson the week before too daryl henderson the week before too yep um yeah and yeah zeke is where i would start zeke i think is the first running back in my cash lineups just because of everything you mentioned uh great matchup lack of other uh appealing running backs i guess also uh yeah really nothing to add to that zeke zeke's the first guy in for me too yeah i was I, that's where i was at running back we'll talk about a bunch more as we get into kind of lineups and tournaments but uh, was there a receiver that stuck out to you as like this guy's gonna be uh you know the the highest rostered i was looking in you know marquise brown at six thousand six hours just like, like a price point that he's been way better than that price uh stefan diggs at 7700 you know if you want to go josh allen if you want to go not allen get a, get a piece of this offense still 
He's 7,700, has not had that. We were kind of waiting for We mentioned last week, kind of waiting for that big week, and everybody thinks it's due. You look at air yards, all these stats, like it looks like it's due. The Jaguars mentioned are awful against receivers. Uh, Tyler Lockett had 142 yards last week. Jalen Waddell scored twice the week before. Um, but, you know, he's only had one top 10 week uh, all year so far, Stephon Diggs. And I know we say all year, but, like, we're, we're week nine. So you can kind of say all year now. That's that's a couple of months of season. Was there a wide receiver you're there like, oh, that's everybody's going to – like last week I think it was Godwin or A.J. Brown the week before. Is there a receiver this week you think of me, uh, you know, really highly uh, rostered in, in cash games and in tournaments that you're like, ah, oh, that's an obvious one. Let's just start there. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be one or two of a couple guys. All right, um, tell me because I'm uh, I I didn't see one, but I, I like to hear who you got. Okay, so initially, initially, well, Amari Cooper's price jumps off the page at fifty seven hundred. It's the first time uh, we've ever seen him below six k. Um, now I love looks, I love I love Cooper this week. I was hoping he wasn't gonna be that popular, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, and and you know he's not going to be quite as popular as he was or as he was going to be because I think it it, it seems like C.D. Lamb's going to play now. Yeah. But if if you know if Lamb didn't play, then it, of course Cooper would be the most popular receiver. But I think there will be some popular ones cheaper than that. Um, there's a few good plays in the low 5K range. Uh, the one that sticks out for me the most. And I didn't expect to be saying this, but it's Jarvis Landry um, with with Beckham not playing. Uh, he should for sure see 10 targets and it's a really good price. Um, I yeah. think he'll be popular. You can go just a little below that. And I think Hunter Renfro might um, be pretty popular at forty eight hundred um, as sort of, you know, he, he'll see some more targets, too. Now, yeah. but then um I think those 5,300 guys are good too. T Higgins still looks a bit too cheap. Um, he's still, he's still $2,300 less than chase. And I love Jamar chase, but that's a big gap between those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I agree. It's, it seems it's too big of a gap and Higgins is just still too cheap. uh, Like he's been the last couple weeks. Um, People are talking about Kadarius Tony. uh, And I I understand it because, you know, Shepard's out and they're, they're banged up. Uh, elsewhere so he seems okay too um but, but at least that's yeah. i mean even just mentioned that's that's kind of four guys in that range too so at least it's like a little bit spread out maybe there's not that one guy but i think you're right uh i was hoping cooper maybe you know with lamb playing would not be as popular but you're right it's at 5700 it's hard as you scroll down not to be like oh my gosh this is a, this is a stud on a great team with a high implied total you know how do i not just slot him in but uh with Lamb playing, it helps a little bit. Although Lamb's seventy two hundred, so maybe people, uh, you know, a little, are just going to be like, "I'll just pay fifteen dollars less for Cooper and call it a day." But uh, yeah, I love Amari at the price too. Yeah, and just then, I guess to answer your question a little bit more definitively, <clears throat> I think, um, I think Landry, I think Landry will be the most popular okay. in that range. Landry, Higgins, Cooper, all those three are going to be popular. Yeah, um, and they're that. There's another good play in that range we can get to for tournaments, but it's the same price. And Devontae Parker. Uh, oh, I like Devontae Parker this week, too. And, I mean, just real quickly because we're, we uh, we're, we're on the same name, so that's a good thing. I like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we, we didn't touch on <clears throat> sort of the cheaper quarterbacks that were not named Jordan Love. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've heard people talking about Tua as a cash option if you're in that range which is weird to say, but it's a great matchup. Um, yeah. So like, you know, if he's like a last guy in, you love your lineup and it has, you know, 5,800 left. I, I think 
I think that's okay. Um, yeah, and he was he was great in back to back weeks, and then really bad last week against I guess it was Buffalo. Um, but Houston's allowing eight point six YPA. Like that, yeah, you could you could see the matchup there for sure. Um, on two, if you don't want to go all the way down to love, you don't want to go all the way up to guys. It's uh, he's kind of he was the one guy that stuck out to me, kind of in that mid range. Who's my fair play in that in that grouping? Um, real quick at tight end, I know we get in tight end later, but uh, do you think that uh, you think Albert O in uh, in Denver is going to be the most? He's twenty six hundred. Uh, Noah Fant is not playing. He's on the he's on the COVID IR. Also, um, do you think that uh, Albert O? I'm not going to even attempt the last name. Ogwen Bottom. I always mess it up. Uh, do you think he's the he's the guy here in a situation where Denver's going to have to pass, going to have to uh, going to have to air it out a little bit? You know, if they're down to the Cowboys, um, do you think that uh, Albert O is the the most popular cheap tight end that everybody kind of goes to? Kind of the the Dan Arnold and Ricky Seals Jones from the last few weeks. Yep, I do. Um, and I, I was hoping that you'd be the one to say his name, but Alberto is fine. Ogwing uh, um, Boonham. Ogwing Boonham. Yeah. I think okay. I, I'm sure I messed that up, but Alberto is the, the way to go. But it, guy they liked it. They liked in the red zone last year. Like they, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy that not just like, Oh no, offense, not playing. Here's the guy, but like, he's actually pretty athletic. He was at Missouri was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty, you know, active athletic tight end at Missouri. They like him in the red zone. I think that 2,600 is just so cheap that, there's a couple other guys down there that we'll talk about when we get to tight ends that I do like if you wanted to kind of pivot away there. And, you know, pivoting away from the popular tight ends is never really a bad idea anyway because they're always – they always have a low floor. But, um, you know, with Judy back, the the passing tree expands a little bit with uh, with him and Portland Sutton playing. But uh, at 2,600 in a game that they should have to throw, he, he definitely stuck out to me. Yeah, definitely. And I do, I do think he'll be the most popular tight end in cash. Um, I agree with you that there's other cheap options – uh, you can go to, and that's what I would do for tournaments. But for cash games, when a guy's going to be the most popular and he's 2,600, uh, it can't really hurt you yeah. um, if you play him. And you, you, don't really flip, only... you don't want to flip on the game and he scores and you, you're like, oh, that's just – Yeah, then you're, you're 80, 80, 80% of people just just, just yeah. kicked my butt, so it's never a good Right. Game, but, yeah. So, yeah, for cash, I think, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, punting tight end is – rarely a bad option and and we have like a pretty decent option this week um i'll probably go somewhere else for tournaments but yeah i i, I like it for cash games definitely um, so let's let's get into some tournaments uh we'll hit we'll hit more tight ends uh later on but first a note from our sponsors at yahoo the new nfl season is underway and yahoo's excited to kick off daily fantasy football there'll be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on yahoo including their multi-entry contest being now shark free to celebrate the beginning of football season, Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim a free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo now has a $1 million DFS football contest that's live. The $1 million football contest features a $1 million in total prizes, including first prize receiving $100,000, and entry into the first-ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play Daily Fantasy Football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. So, Ryan, we talked about a lot of guys who think would be popular at each position. Uh, what about passing stacks this week? I found this a tough week to find some stacks. We mentioned earlier there's no, like, high-scoring games. Um, you know, these stacks, you know, there's there's a couple I like. There's a couple, like, you've got to put some faith in quarterbacks finding it and getting better than they have in the last couple of weeks. That would be the, that would be the, the Justin Herbert's, the, the Patrick Mahomes that, you know, we know are really, really good, but have struggled recently and have not paid off stacking them. Um, where are you going in terms of uh, matching your quarterback and receiver this week as, as you kind of start your lineup? Yeah. Uh, the, 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 
the best answer I can give is I don't know. Yeah, um, it's, it's, a, it's a weird week that way, right? Like you can mm-hmm. you can argue for a bunch, but like there's nobody like I really want to play this stack and just call it a day and move on. Yeah, so I was, you know, like we mentioned, I was on Mahomes and the Chiefs, or like a lot of people were before before the Rogers news. Right. Um, I've seen or heard uh, many people off of Mahomes now based on the fact that uh, they think Green Bay is going to try to play slower than basically any team on the slate. And I can see that too. Um, I guess though, I still like Mahomes more than most um, when maybe he's not going to be as popular. I don't know. You know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, just Mahomes being bad and, you know, a lot of people sort of talking bad about him and, yeah, I, I still like him in this spot. I think he he has a good chance to put up four touchdowns. Uh, they, th- there's a chance that that, yeah, I don't know. You know, I still believe in Kansas City. You know, we, we've been waiting for sort of an explosion game from them. And yep. this still could be the spot. So I, I'm not off the Chiefs. I, 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 I'll have some expo- exposure to Chiefs stacks. And we can, I'll talk, you know, we didn't, I didn't answer your question about the top range at wide receiver, which is another reason that, I'll sort of just end up with Mahomes, and that's because I think Tyreek Hill is my favorite in that range. Um, and even I think he's in play for cash too, um, which is sort of different than seasons past. But they're using Tyreek a bit differently now with teams yep. sort of preventing KC from throwing deep balls. And um, Tyreek's seen at least 12 targets in four out of the last five games, he saw 18 last week. That's um, crazy 18 in a game where they didn't throw the ball deep either. I mean, they had. 12 for 94 and a touchdown is not what you expect from Tyreek Hill. But, like, if you're going to get 12, 15 targets, like, I don't care where he catches the ball. He's going to turn into good stuff. And that's uh, 18 targets is wild. Yeah. And um, Kelsey, you know, Kelsey's been disappointing and he hasn't looked great and he didn't look great against the Giants. Uh, I know he's been banged up a little bit. So that, you know, that makes me like Tyreek a little bit more as well. They still, you know, they still don't have Edwards Hilaire. So that there's, you know, they use that, they use that rookie that no one had heard of, but still, I, I don't expect like too much from the running game. The best, the best part was people actually thought that was Frank Gore running out there. It was Derek <laughs> Gore, but like people like saw Gore, like, Oh my God, did, did, did they sign Gore? Did he come back? And I think it was, uh, whoever was doing the the Manning cast on Monday football actually thought it was Frank Gore for a second too. It was pretty funny, but I think yeah, it was, that was Mike, funny. I think it was Michael Strahan that was, that was on at that point. But yeah, I mean, the fact that you like see a Jersey with Gore, you just automatically assume that it, it's Frank Gore was, was pretty funny. Yeah, um, I, that was funny. Um, what, so, what do you what do you do with the Chargers? Like, uh, what do you do with Herbert and either Allen or or Mike Williams? They yeah, they um, they have been one of my favorite sacks the last couple of weeks, and they have not come through. They they they've been a weird team. And Herbert, like after the game, was like, I didn't expect to see that much cover two from New England. I was like, how do you not like play? How are, how are you guys not more prepared for what Belichick's going to do? And it seems like between Belichick and uh, and Harbaugh, the week the, I guess it was a bye, but you know, there's there are two games before that. Um, it seems like they've been out coached on offense the last couple uh, last couple games, and you know it's uh, they have a rookie quarterback coach who we love, but I feel like he may be in a little outmaneuvered, and I don't know where to fall with Herbert. I, I still think he's really good, and I think I'm going to go back to him. But um, last couple weeks have been concerning. Yeah, um, first Allen, I I do like Allen, um, most expensive quarterback. That's okay though; that doesn't bother me. Um, the the. Jacksonville got shredded by Geno Smith last week. Um, that's, all, that's all you need to say right there. Right. And and Buffalo, you know, struggled for basically the whole game until the fourth quarter. Um, so you think they're going to 
they're going to want to get right still. And, you know, we, we've talked about on previous podcasts how Buffalo is a team that sort of doesn't take their foot off the pedal a lot of times. So yeah. even in blowouts, like they should do enough to get there. So, yeah, I do like um, I do like a Buffalo stack and I like running it back with Dan Arnold again because um, he's not going to be as popular last week with with uh, Albert O and maybe one or two of the other cheap tight ends. Um, But, you know, he saw 10 targets and for for thirty eight hundred. Now that's twenty three targets in three weeks. Um, And for thirty four hundred, that's pretty good. And for thirty four hundred, it lets you afford Josh Allen. So yeah, I'm on board with with Buffalo stacks. Um, now you don't have to run it back, but I kind of like running it back with Arnold. Um, do you play him? Do you play him with Diggs automatically? Do you go lower? Maybe go with like Emmanuel Sanders or Cole Beasley? How do you feel about the receiving part of the Josh Allen stack? Great question. Um, that's what I was trying to decide last week, and you know, no. Previously, I would always play him with Diggs, but not anymore. Um, like you mentioned about Diggs, he just hasn't had many huge games and he's also expensive. So like last week I wanted to play AJ Brown and Godwin and that, you know, they were 6,400 and 6,900 and it was tough to play Allen Diggs and one of them. So I just yeah. didn't play Diggs. You know, Diggs can still have a decent game, score a touchdown, and he's not going to be on the optimal lineup um, for 7,700. You're going to have a a few receivers that are cheaper than him that go off for huge games. So no, I don't think you have to pair him with Diggs. You could pair him with Beasley or whoever you want. Um, to that Chargers Philly game. Um, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with it yet, but I, uh, it, you know, on paper, it, it looks good as the, you know, quote unquote pace up spot to two of the faster teams on the slate. And it's going right. to be competitive. I'm with you. I like Herbert. Um, it is a little bit concerning, you know, how he's played in recent weeks. Um, to be honest, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with that game yet. What I mean, what what about you? What you are you on that game? I think I'm back with Herbert. Um, I think I'm back for one more ride and kind of see how it goes. I just think that you know maybe he just ran into a couple of uh, you know defensive uh, defensive minded coaches that really kind of. Uh, uh, confused him and, and did some different stuff. I mean, obviously he looked bad the first time against Baltimore. They they blitzed a lot and he struggled with that. And then New England didn't blitz at all. I'm like, oh, I like that. But just kind of played a played a cover two and kind of kept everything. Front. Mike Mike Williams has four catches and 46 yards total the last two weeks. So it's not like it's not like he's got four catches last week. It was kind of quiet. It's, that's four total. That's two and two. Um, you know, Keenan Allen was still really good. He was six for 77 touchdown on 11 targets, so still really involved. But Played a lot of underneath game. You know, they're, they're kind of limiting Keenan Allen's upside, but he's not. He's doing a lot of underneath stuff, and Williams is the deep guy. But I still think Herbert is just uber talented, and I, I love I love everything about him. I love this I love this offense. I think this maybe could be that game that gets a little, uh, you know, gets into the 55 to 60-point range, maybe get a little back and forth. Maybe Jalen Hurts does some stuff. Um, you know, we're going to need Hurts to do something, but I think that it's a good spot uh, for them for them to uh, to kind of go back and forth. I mean, we just don't have a lot of games that feel very back and forth this week. So yeah, I think right. I'm back. I think I'm back with Herbert this week. Um, I think I pair him. I'm actually thinking I'm paired now that Allen and Williams are close. I think I might go with Williams. He's 7,100 Allen, 6,700. I think I, I might go uh, shift up a little bit. I, I like the, the price difference. I liked Allen uh, more the last couple of weeks, but I think that uh, I think I might shift to Williams. I feel like that with the four catch the last two weeks, they may, uh, they may just, just design some plays to get him involved. I think they realized that him not being involved has been a bad thing the last couple of weeks. So I think that uh, I think Herbert Mike Williams is actually my stack in that game this week. 
Yeah. Okay. I I, I like that. And, and I then if, back if back with Dallas Goddard, by the way. Okay. If yeah. I'm if I'm on a side in that game, I agree with you. I would play the Chargers side. Um, and I like the Mike Williams call because you know people will look at those last two weeks, and I feel like most people will just play Keenan Allen, so you can get some leverage playing yeah. Mike Williams. Um, so what keeps me off this stack and it just, it's Philadelphia in general. So I might feel, if you feel differently than me about this, then that game looks better, but it's, it's why it doesn't look as good to me. And I just don't ever want to run anyone back on Philadelphia. Like I understand Goddard. Okay. He's been popular and he'll continue to be popular at that price, but it just doesn't seem like a Hertz pass catcher has a good chance to put up a ceiling game. I mean, they just like, it's, they don't go off. He doesn't like target one guy a lot. They don't like, he doesn't throw that many passes. He doesn't throw for a lot of passing yards. Um, I agree though. Goddard would be like where I would go because he's a cheap tight end and he's got, you know, good touchdown upside. Um, But it's the reason why I don't want to play Hertz too on the other side. Like I haven't been playing Hertz in, in GPPs. Um, because I just don't want to pair him with anybody. Uh, you mentioned like Devonte Smith last week, like I've tried to make that work and you know, you want to make it work, but when you see the other guy, the other receivers in his, um, salary range, one or two of them are like for sure going to have better games unless, unless, you know, Devonte Smith has multiple touchdowns. So it's possible, but like the Philadelphia side just keeps me off of it. Um, but I like the Chargers side. I agree with you on that. I think for me, it's Goddard. I played Devontae Smith last week, and I liked it, and then it hit three targets. But, again, they threw the ball 14 times. So, like, I think we right. kind of throw that game out. But yep. he's been up and down. He hasn't scored since week one. He's got nine targets, then four, then nine, then three. They just There's a lot of variability in this offense. I think the one guy that's not that doesn't have that is, is Dallas Goddard. He's 4,500. They had 14 passes this week. He had seven targets. Like, that's if you, 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 if you go deeper in that game and they have to throw the ball more, you know, who, who knows how many targets he has. Uh, I think without Ertz there, I think he's clearly the clearly the pass catcher I would play uh, coming back there. One more stack I want to ask you about before we get into some running backs and receivers. Uh, what about this Cleveland-Cincinnati game? You know, Cleveland is obviously up in the air right now. Uh, Odell Beckham is probably going to get released here if he is not. Uh, get released in the next couple hours here to work out some contract stuff. You mentioned Jarvis Landry earlier, but what do you do with, uh, with, the, with the Cincinnati side? They obviously uh, – Lost to the Jets last week, which seems impossible. You watched the Jets last night in Indianapolis, you know, just literally ran up and down the field on them. But you've got Joe Burrow at 6,800. He has um, three touchdowns these last three weeks. He's the only quarterback in the NFL with multiple touchdowns in every game. He's got two really good passing options with T. Higgins and T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Uh, what do you do with the, with this game? Are you, are you thinking about stacking in the Bengals against the Browns? I think, um, yeah, I think it's a sneaky stack. Uh, I, I don't think... I don't think many people will go there um, because it's two of the slower teams and people normally don't like targeting Browns games. uh, They're going to hand the ball off a lot, but um, I like it more than most. I would say, Um, yeah, I, because, and it it has to do with Jarvis Landry being like a really nice run back. And, Nick Chubb, you know, is a decent play too that I don't think, you know, I don't think we'll see, uh, I don't think he'll be too popular. Um, and I think it's like, it should be a bounce back game for Cincy um, after that disappointing loss to to the Jets. They got to be, be pissed off in that locker room this week, right? 
definitely. And and when there's there's just Chase and Higgins. So when there's good plays, good standalone plays, um, it makes me consider the stack more. So if Chase, Higgins, and Landry are all good plays, then the stack seems totally in play. So yeah, I I, I agree with you. Um, I like I like those situations when there's a game that has individual plays that that are appealing on their own i think the stack just makes sense um regardless of how the game's projected um this is the nfl and you know games depending on what happens early in the first quarter this game could shoot out um so so yes i'm I'm on that stack Uh, i don't i don't think um i don't think it'll be too popular either what what do you think yeah, and you look at Cleveland. I think we kind of thicken them as a good defense. You got Miles Garrett and all that. But you look at what like wide receiver ones have done against them. Uh, Deontay Johnson was six for ninety eight last week. DeAndre Hopkins two touchdowns week before that. Jamar Jefferson six for eighty four and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks nine for seventy eight and a touchdown. Tyreek went for one ninety seven on them earlier in the those week one eleven catches. So they've given up a lot of big receiver games. I think the question for me, I, I do like as a stat question for me is what you do at the receiver spot because Higgins is. 2,300 less than Chase, but Chase, you know, had a 200-yard game a couple weeks ago. Obviously, a huge stud. Um, but you know, Higgins is seeing downfield targets. Like he had, he had, he had 15 the week before. We talked about he had four for 97 on only six targets last week, but four for 97. Like he's seeing the ball downfield. It's hard not to click the 2,300, but I wonder if everybody else will see that and just click the click the Higgins button too. And I wonder if Jamar Chase goes pretty under rostered this week, just based on the price difference between the two of them. Yep, I agree with everything you said. Um, I think Chase will be a bit under rostered because of the price difference. And I also agree that I'll probably just go to T Higgins if yep. I was going to do that. Um, you know, like you said, he, the, uh, the targets have been good. The downfield targets are encouraging and I don't want to miss the big T Higgins game. You know, we, we've been rostering him and he hasn't, uh, gotten the end zone since he's in the last four weeks. Yeah. Since he came back from injury, um, he's having a big game soon. Uh, I would hate to miss it if I'm, if I'm going to play this game and I, I would, and I would hate to miss it when he's still at such a good, uh, such a good price. Um, but now to your point, that is the type of thing that makes chase a really good tournament play. Um, so yeah, if, if, uh, if I stack them a tournament, I'm doing it with chase. I, I love it. It's, yeah. but, you know, I love it because people are going to go to Tyreek in that range. Uh, people will play digs. Um, yeah. He, he'll be a little bit less popular in a matchup against Cleveland. It just makes so much sense because, you know, as we've seen, and as you've said, he, he has the type of ceiling to be the highest scoring receiver on the slate. So yeah, I love it. Any other stacks you really want to get into before we hit some running backs and receivers here? Um, Sure. There's a couple you know, I think Dallas will be a popular spot to go. Um, yeah, sounds like sounds like Dak's playing. Yeah. Um, now, again, I think I think that's fine. I don't think I'll stack that Dallas game, but it's it's going to be pretty popular too because people will use Albert O at tight end and then play a few Cowboys. And I think that's fine. You know, it makes a lot of sense. They the Cowboys should put up points. The Cowboys should win comfortably. So yeah, I want to say I, I think. I think I think Zeke being very popular will limit a little bit how much the the passing stack is popular. But yeah, I mean, I think people will see that game. They'll see Amari. They'll see uh, they'll see see Land. They'll see Dak. I think I think there'll be plenty of Cowboy stacks too. Yeah. So then, um, there's one there's one that I would say is sneaky. Okay. Um, Let's hear Giants it. Giants Raiders. Wow. All right. Um, so there's, it's sneaky enough that I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not, I'm actually curious which side you, uh, you're gonna go with. 
Yeah. Um, I would, I would probably go with the giant side, okay. um, but that's just, it's, I think, I think both sides are the same. I think both sides are fine. And the reason I think it's like sneaky good is because it should be like one of the faster games uh, on the slate. And there's a lot of games on this slate that are sort of just slow and that I'm almost just going to cross off. Um, right. And the, the, the pricing in this giants, uh, Raiders game is good on both sides and the plays look better too, because, um, now you can play, um, you can play Hunter Renfro. Like we mentioned, you can play Brian Edwards, Darren Waller becomes a better play. Now, yeah. uh, Josh Jacobs is a better play. Now, you know, all these guys are going to have a little bit of increased target share and, um, usage. And then on the Giants side, they have a bunch of injuries too. Um, Devante Booker looks pretty good as a cheap running back. Kadarius Tony looks good. Um, so the, again, there's just a lot of cheap plays that look good. So again, when that's the case, I think the stack makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I don't actually know which side I prefer. It will depend on the, the injury news for the giants. Um, right. I think, um, but yeah, I just think there's a lot of good plays on both sides. We didn't really touch on running backs below Zeke, but Jacobs and Booker are two running backs that are in play this week. Yeah. Um, and, and Kadarius Tony and Hunter Renfro are two of the receivers that look better this week also. So I, I'm okay with that stack. Um, and the last one I would mention is Miami Houston. And that's because it's a great spot for Miami. Two is in a good spot. Devonte Parker. We like, we, uh, like we mentioned. Yep. And then, um, people had been playing Brandon cooks basically every week. I, I had not played him once. We talked about it on this podcast because of Davis mills, but right. now with Tyrod Taylor starting yep. cooks is back in play. He's deaf. He's going to see 10 targets. Um, you just, you know, he has a better chance for a good game when Taylor's in there over mills. So yeah, I like, I like, uh, stacking Miami and running it back with cooks. Yeah, I think that uh, that makes sense. I like the Giants. Uh, Giants Raiders one is interesting. That's a game that doesn't really stick out when you look at it on the slate, but then you think about it a little deeper. There's a lot of offensive weapons there, and you know neither defense you're super scared of. So I, I do like that too. But let's let's jump into running backs and receivers. We kind of hit a lot of them already as we're talking stacks. We're talking uh, you know optimal uh, high own guys. But uh, at running back, I just want to ask you on the top end. We've got uh, Alvin Kamara's 8200, Austin Eckler 7900. Dalvin Cook is 7,700. I would guess that Eckler is being the most popular of this group, but uh, how do you feel about these guys? If you're paying up this week at running back, which of these three are you attacking? Yeah, um, Eckler Eckler would be my favorite. Uh, I, I agree with you that I think he'll be the most popular too, um, but not like by a crazy amount. Yeah. Um, people, Kamara is still going to be popular. I don't really think people are going to go to Cook. I don't know. Um, so, you know, it makes him a... I guess a decent tournament play if, if people aren't going to roster him, but you know, there, there's a reason I guess that people don't really like cook either. It's yeah. He only played 47 snaps this week and then nobody's run rushed for over 60 yards on Baltimore. Although uh, right. Samaja P Rod and Joe Mixon had 111 yards combined. So it's a little bit of a skewed scat stat that's been going around this week. But um, the, my thing with cook is like, he had six catches week one. He has not topped two catches since week. So like, you're not getting that out of the backfield stuff. Maybe if they're down this week against Baltimore, you get that, but it's, it's hard to get there at 7,700 for a guy who's playing less snaps, not catching the ball, and in a bad matchup. Like, there's just a lot of things lining up against him. Granted, he's Dalvin Cook. He can go off for 150 yards anytime, but there's a lot of stuff stacking up against, uh, you know, staying away from Cook this week. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's that's my thing with Cook too. The reason we like to play Dalvin Cook was because he has a lot of receiving upside. Um, yeah. But that just hasn't been the case. And if he's not catching balls, if he's only catching two passes, then he shouldn't be 7,700. You know, he should probably be 6,500. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't think people will play Cook. Um, I like Eckler, too. I, I, I agree Eckler in that range. Um, Eckler has 17 targets the last two weeks. They're using him a ton out of the out of the backfield, especially as they're seeing some different defenses. At um, We talked about Tyreek, a couple other expensive receivers. Is anybody going to have – Debo Samuel at 7,800 or Justin Jefferson at 7,500 this week. It seems like those guys are kind of way under the radar this week. Yeah. Um, so I can't, I, I can't be Debo 7,800. It's crazy. I, I love Debo Samuel. I, I, do I, love, I love Debo Samuel. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorite receivers. I think he's one of the best receivers in the league. Um, and you know what? I, I was planning on taking some chances on Debo. However, I see that Kittle's coming back, right? You know, I, I don't love that. That's just it's probably a few targets that go away from Debo, and he's already so expensive. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you that people probably won't go there. But, I mean, Debo's ceiling is just so high. We, we've seen it so many times al- already this year. Got, he has three games over 150 yards. Not 100 yards, over 150 yards. It's been a wild, and he just – Jimmy just throws to him over and over and over. Uh, you know, Ayuk got a little more involved last week. Kittle is back. I just think the price tag this week, 7,800, it's hard to, hard to get there in a game where we don't really know how the, the, Arizona just held them to 10 points. You know, that, that was with Trey Lance, though, too, but uh, I don't know. And the Niners' offense uh, seemed like Shanahan finally found his rhythm in the, last, uh, in the second half last week for the first time kind of all year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the price tag is probably going to keep me away on Debo. Yeah, me too. Um, real quick, I know, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but um, at running back, Scott, who do you like – for I guess, who do you like most in the low six k range, and who do you like most in the high five k range? It's a tough range this week. Usually it's a range that I love. Usually it's a range like oh I like this guy and this guy and this guy. I don't like a lot there this week. You know, um, Cordell Patterson sixty hundred has been really active, but there you know you can't run against New Orleans, and you have to hope that he catches a bunch of passes. He probably will, but um, Devontae Booker you mentioned at fifty nine hundred is probably probably one of my favorite ones. He had one hundred twenty five yard total total last week. The Raiders are allowing 4.5 yards per carry. And I think that I think a lot of people are going to play Miles Gaskin. I don't trust that at all. I just don't trust, you know, some of these games he's really involved, some of these games he's not. Um, I would go Elijah Mitchell over Gaskin just because he looks so good last couple weeks. He had 107 yards and then 137 last week. Um, 18.5% of his runs have been over 10 yards, the highest of any regular running back in the NFL. That's a, uh, a Rich Rebar stat there. I want to make sure that I give the, the right credit there. It's a really good stat. Um, I just, he's got, he's the clear guy for running uh, in that offense. He doesn't play on third down a lot, but like they hand the ball off to him a lot. And first, second down, they run the ball. Well, Trent Williams is back last week. If George Kittle's back, that changes the run offense even more. Um, you got a little bit of banged up ribs. That worries me a little bit. You know, you always worry that like three carries in, he takes the wrong hit on the wrong side. But, uh, in that range, I probably go Mitchell and Booker and, uh, yeah, it's just not a range that I love as much as I normally do. Uh, yeah, same. And uh, we're, yeah, we're on the same page with all that. Um, I, I would go Booker. I agree with you about Gaskin that people are going to play him and it worries me too. Um, I understand it. It's a good matchup against Houston, but I'll probably go somewhere else. I, I, I'd prefer Mitchell like you do, even though he doesn't catch passes, you know, you don't yeah. love that, but he's looked really good running the ball. Um, yeah, it's a real tough spot that, 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 that low six, K range just doesn't look great. Really tough spot for Cordero Patterson, like you said. Um, I guess if I had to choose one there, it'd be Jacobs. 
Um, and then just one guy you didn't talk, talk about a guy I don't trust, by the way, is Josh Jacobs. Oh man, me too. It's just a guy you hate, you hate rostering, you know? Yeah, Cause every, um, you're like, you know, the second quarter is going to be limping off the field and you're like, all right, is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Last week it was a chest. It just always seems like it's something with Jacobs. It really does. Yeah. And that keeps me off of him too. Yeah. It's, it's not comfortable rostering Jacobs. Um, yeah, one guy you didn't mention, I th- I think Daryl Williams is still in play. Um, you know, don't love that Gore saw those carries last week, but Daryl Williams caught six balls. He's always going to be involved in the passing game. And uh, he, had still- he had 110 total yards last week. Like everybody's talking about Gore, but Daryl Darryl Williams is pretty good. Yeah. So I, I think I'd be okay with uh, Daryl Williams, but yeah, it's just, it's not a great range. Um, yeah. It's, it's tough. And I think it make I think it makes Zeke even that more popular. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one more running back I want to ask you about, and I'm going to get a receivers, but first a note from our sponsors at Thrive. Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guaranteed contests every week of the NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you can claim that subscription. Visit rotowire.com slash thrive, deposit a minimum of $10, and receive a $100 deposit bonus up to $100. And play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month row subscription. It's easy as that. Uh, last running back I wanted to ask you about, Ryan. Uh, we talked about Green Bay, and maybe they slow it down and hand the ball off a ton. What does one do with Aaron Jones at 7,200 in that game? He, uh, you know, If they're going to run the ball, you can see a lot of check downs, too, like Jones can catch the ball in the backfield. Devontae Booker had 125 yards on Casey last week. You know, Casey is not a defense we're scared of at all this season. Um, what does one do with Aaron Jones? He's a really difficult guy to figure out this year. He had that huge first game where he had – I think it was three touchdowns, two receiving, and has kind of been quiet since. What do you do with Aaron Jones this week? You know, I wish I knew, Scott. Um, (laughs) I think a lot of people do. Yeah, I I don't know what to do with Aaron Jones. Um, Probably going to be off of him just because I think a lot of the reason we like rostering Jones is because of what he does in the passing game. Um, I'm just, I'm worried about this passing game without Rogers. I don't know how Jones is going to be used there. And if he's just, just a running back and I'm not saying he is, I'm, you know, maybe he does catch five balls. Um, again, it's just a lot of unknowns, but if he's just going to be running, it's too expensive. And, you know, sort of the emergence of AJ Dillon takes me off of him too. I think they're going to use Dillon, uh, quite a bit again. Um, I'd almost rather roster Dylan for 4,600. That, that's more of like a large field GPP right. play, like one of those big tournaments may, maybe. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling it with Jones this week. What about you? I wanted to, but I, I just don't know how it's going to look. And you got to think Casey stacks the box a, little, box a little bit with, with love back there. I just, I, it feels like a guy, if you want to toss him in a tournament kind of as a pivot to Zeke, I think it, it kind of makes sense, but He's probably got to score twice. He's got to catch probably five or six balls in the back. There's a lot of stuff that like has to happen for him to work in a game. Like we don't really know where to go with the running back. He doesn't have more. Didn't have 20 carries in a game all year. He had 15 last week. He had six the week before that. It's just uh, you know, me. I assume they're gonna hand it off a lot more with love, but I just don't know what their game plan is gonna be. Um, any love for Zach Moss at Jacksonville? Great game shit, 5,300. Outsnapped Devin Singletary 47 to 25 last week. Uh, he'd probably need a TD, maybe two for it to really work, but you could see that in a game where they should just, uh, they should just smoke Jacksonville. Uh, you know, you read my mind actually. That's he, he's the cheap running back that I was looking at. So, yep. I do like Zach Moss. Um, obviously there's risk to it, but um, he's going to need to get in the end zone, like you said, but 
taking all those snaps uh, over Singletary, very encouraging. And the matchup is just really good. Um, so, yeah, I think Zach Moss is like a really good bet to score a touchdown this week. Um, and, you know, it was crazy to see him, I guess, a little bit more involved in the passing game. Catching, you know, catching six balls last week. That's yeah. not something I ever expected to see from Zach Moss. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm on the same page as you. It's a, it's a good, uh, price tag. And then also the fact that we just talked about all those, uh, five and six K backs that, you know, we don't necessarily love and there's nothing that like jumps off the page. That sort of stuff makes me like guys like Zach Moss more. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, at receiver, we have talked about a lot of the mid range options to headline up here already. We talked about Amari Cooper. We talked about Devonte Parker had 11 targets last week with, with two. He has, he has, he's only played five games, but he has seven plus targets in all five of those games. He's 5,200. I like that. Um, we talked about, uh, we talked about Denver a little bit. You could go with Sutton or Judy, you know, Judy's 5,000 Sutton's 5,900. Uh, what does one do uh, with DJ Moore this week? He was like the, the bell of the ball the first month of the season as the Carolina offense and their quarterbacks have sputtered a little bit. Um, he's, he's, he's down at 6,400. Um, the targets last week still 13, 10 and eight. He still has uh 73, 73 and 59 yards. In those two games so, like he's been quiet, but not like that, that quiet, not like Mike Williams quiet quarterback situation's a mess. Sam Darnold is in the concussion protocol. We don't know if he's going to play. Um, I actually think PJ Walker is kind of intriguing if he does play in terms of like, I think he can throw the ball and maybe hit more deep a couple times. Um, at 6,400, he's kind of in a weird range where he's above the the Cooper, the Parker, the uh, Renfro, all those guys we mentioned, but below the the the, the, the Tyreek and those guys you mentioned too. What do you, what do you think TJ Moore falls for you this week? Mm. Yeah, that game looks like one of the worst targets on the slate. <laughs> it, it's um, a terrible, it's a terrible thing. The, I think the over is 42. It's a terrible game to, to really hope for a lot of points. Yeah, it's, it's initially a game that, I just cross off and, and make, make my decisions easier. Um, so this is the time, I guess we can bring up, you know, is Christian McCaffrey going to play? He's still up in the air. I tend to think it's going to be one more week, but they, they have not ruled him out. He kind of did some practice stuff yesterday, but uh, it's not, it's still up in the air a little bit. And obviously that impacts a ton if he plays. Um, I think it's gonna be one more week, but that's me guessing right now. We don't know. We don't know for sure. That's definitely like a, you know, check the news and see what's going on with that offense. And, and same with, yeah. I mean, obviously gotta do the same thing with Sam Darnold. Yeah. Um, okay. So with DJ Moore, I don't think you could play him if McCaffrey plays, but if, if McCaffrey plays, yeah, I think it, it you know, I don't mind it because I just don't think he's going to be popular. But yeah, I, I can't go there. Um, I just don't want to target that game. I guess. Yeah, it's that's fair. DJ Moore or I agree with you. I think like PJ Walker's intriguing. Also, uh, it's just a game I want to stay away from. Yeah. So, and they, I'm looking at the status. Uh, they didn't give McCaffrey an official practice status yesterday because he's not technically on the active roster. So he's out there practicing, but there's no, we don't have like a designation yet because he hasn't been activated yet from the IR. So uh, I, I think it's gonna be another week, but uh, we'll see kind of if he practices today, how that looks today. Um, the only other receiver in this range I wanted to ask you about. Um, we talked about DeAndre Hopkins a little bit earlier. Um, he is, uh, you know, he's been banged up. He's not playing a lot of snaps. It's clearly he's not hundred percent. Kyler is not 100% to play this week either. I think Kyler's going to play against 49ers, but we'll see. Um, if D-Hop is limited or doesn't play, and A.J. Green is out. He's on the COVID list too. Christian uh, Kirk at 5,300 becomes a really interesting play. He has 19 targets the last three weeks. I think he's someone at this range at 5,300. You know, you mentioned Jarvis Landry. We mentioned Amari Cooper. We mentioned um, Devontae Parker. A lot of guys in this range. I think I think Kirk might slide through. If Hopkins is out, 
He won't slide through because people will figure out figure that out pretty quick. But if Hopkins plays and maybe he's a little limited and AJ Green's out, I, I do like Kirk this week for 300 to, uh, to, to, to see a lot of action. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, Hop, Hopkins was – he was extremely limited um, against Green Bay. He I played just, like I can't, 15 snaps, right? Yeah, like you just – he can't be a hundred percent. Right. I mean, it almost, it seems, it seems, yeah, it seems impossible. And yeah, with AJ green being out. Yeah. I really like Kirk and I agree with you. Everything you said, I agree with, he's going to go, he's going to slide through the cracks a little bit with all the great options in that range. Um, obviously if Hopkins is out, yeah, I think, I think the slide of the cracks ends if Hopkins is out, but if Hopkins plays, I think he probably will. He's one of those guys that kind of seems like he wants to tough it out. I think that Kirk is uh, Kirk's interesting if like Hopkins doesn't, get, doesn't go full complement of snaps. You could go Rondale more, but I think Kirk's a little more solid there. Uh, yeah, what about actually, like, what, sorry, just to – no, I, I just to, agreeing with you that I almost think Kirk might be a better play if Hopkins is active. I do too. Yeah. Because I think and I think people Rondell Moore forty two hundred people might go to, but I think Kirk a little more expensive is uh, just a more solid play. What about under forty five hundred? Are there? Uh, there's a number of names down here. Uh, we've got uh, we, we mentioned Brian Edwards with Henry Ruggs obviously out. Um, Edwards is forty one hundred. I like Edwards more than Renfro just because I think you get the you get the target bump, but you just get a lot more upside with Edwards. He might hit a deep ball. Um, Renfro gets a lot of targets, but they're all just short targets. I think he has, uh, what does he have? One touchdown all year or something like that. Um, he hasn't topped 80, he has two touchdowns all year. He hasn't, it hasn't topped 80 yards. Just so limited upside with Renfro. I think if he's going to be popular, I'm going to actually go elsewhere on that one. Um, I'd go Edwards, uh, Rashad Bateman's 4,000. He's been really active, six targets each game. Um, Sammy Watkins is back. Maybe that hurts him a little bit, but you know, I think Rashad Bateman's talented at 80 yards last week before the bye. People maybe forgot about him since the bye week came up. Uh, you mentioned Russell Gage and how he was uh, did not do anything, but Tajay Sharp was the the benefactor there. Six targets, five fifty eight. No Calvin Ridley again. Yeah, I think Atlanta's going to have to throw. What do you do under forty five hundred here? Uh, is there anybody that really sticks out to you? Yeah, um, yeah. There's a few guys. Mostly we're we're on the same page again. Um, yeah. Brian Edwards, I agree with you. I prefer him over Renfro in tournaments for all the reasons nice. you said. Ren, Ren, Renfro's lack of upside. Um, just real quick, we mentioned or we were who are going to be the popular cash plays. And all the guys I mentioned are true Landry, Higgins, and Amari. But I'm seeing some places Renfro as the most popular cash yeah, play. I saw now, that too. I, I, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Right now, I think that's fine in cash. Uh, I think he, you know, good chance he sees ten targets. Yep. But I totally agree with you that uh, I would go to Edwards for tournaments uh, over Renfro for sure. Um, I like Bateman, uh, like you said, just talented first round draft pick, really cheap. Um, as far as maybe someone you didn't mention, um, I still have interest in Nicole Hardman for thirty nine hundred. Um, keep seeing a lot of targets, and I think uh, he has more touchdown upside than the other uh, receivers in that range. Um, what about you? Like in the three K range, is is there anyone else? Like uh, any like sort of longer shot guys you might like? Not really. I usually do, and really, like Mahardman is the one guy in the two thousands I mentioned. The one name I will mention, and it will make you cringe, but at forty one hundred, at thirty seven hundred cheaper than the other uh, the, the receiver opposite him, Brandon Ayuk had seven targets last week. I think that if if Debo Samuel does have a little bit of a calf injury. If so, like he were to like something would happen to that in practice, I think that Ayuk becomes really popular. If obviously Debo doesn't play, but 
4,100. Um, Jimmy really looked at him last week. He's only 445. Uh, Kittle is back this week, so that, that limits it a little bit. But uh, there's a lot of, like, as much negative buzz as there was about Brandon Ayuk the first four weeks of the season, like the positive buzz. And then I talked about he and, he and Kyle Shanahan sat down a few weeks ago, and they kind of figured it out. And the tough love, maybe maybe he's finally starting to work. Um, you know, he's only 4,100. I think in this range, you could take a shot there. It is a shot that has a very, very, very low floor. It's a tournament play only. Like he could, he could have one catch for seven yards again. Don't get me wrong. It could happen again, but playing all the snaps is important. Like early in the year, he wasn't playing. Trent Sherfield was playing. Um, uh, Travis Benjamin was playing. It was absurd who was playing over him. But, um, I think Ayuk at 4,100 has a, as a, as an actual real upside that you don't often see down here at the price. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, and if Debo sits, everybody will have him, and it'll, it'll be not not much much fun. But that's uh, yeah, him him and Edwards, um, and uh, you know Jamal Agnew a little bit in Jacksonville. He had twelve targets last week, but he was like six for thirty eight in a touchdown. Like it's often just so gross. But he has a lot of targets. I don't think I want to go there. We we talked about Lewis Gishnault last week. It was a huge bust. He was, he did nothing again. I just I think I'm fully off that one. But yeah, there weren't a lot of the guys in the three thousands that I really uh, really was a fan of this week. Uh, yeah, no, me either. And that was really disappointing with Lavishka. I don't, I've trusted the Jaguars uh, a bit too much this yeah, season. It's, uh, it's a mess. And Arnold did well, but yeah, I mean, it was Arnold, Arnold and Jamal Agnew. Just, just what everybody thought uh, yeah. a month ago. Yeah. Right. But, uh, we mentioned Arnold. What about tight end? We've talked about Dallas Goddard at 4,500. We talked about Albert O at 2,800. We talked about Arnold at three thirty four hundred. Um, you know, you've always got, obviously got Kelsey and Waller at the top. You talked about Kelsey. We were talking about the chiefs. Uh, Waller, we know with no rugs is obviously, you know, 6,200 has not, he has nine, he had 19 targets week one has not topped eight cents, but another one, kind of like the Stefan Diggs mold. They kind of feel it's coming here at some point. He hasn't topped 65 yards since week one, which just seems wild. He's 6,200. Uh, Kyle Pitts was quiet last week. He's 5,900, but only, uh, two for 13 last week. Seems like the, the, the Carolina really focused on him. They talked about putting Stefan Gilmore on him. Um, I, I think the saints will do the same. I think the saints without Ridley there, they actually think it hurts Pitts. Uh, more than it helps him. I think that uh, the focus on him is, is not a great thing. Um, the other, the, the cheap guy, you mentioned that uh, you had some cheap pivots off Alberto. I have one in particular, but I want to hear who you got there. Yeah. Okay. I have a feeling we might say the same guy for, for the cheap pivot. We've been on the same page. We've been on the same page. Most of the podcast. Um, hopefully, hopefully that's a good thing or a really bad thing for both of us. <laughs> so yeah, the guy I was going to bring up is Tyler Conklin. Um, Me too. Okay, nice. Yeah, he's you know seeing a lot of targets involved in the offense, and Baltimore. Um, I think they're not the greatest against tight ends, so it might be. They, they faced a lot. They faced a lot of good ones, but they have they have they've have, they have definitely that's been their weakness so far. But they've also faced a lot of good ones. But yeah, it's been it's been not great for them there. So yeah, it's just it's a good salary, and um, Minnesota will probably be playing from behind. So yeah, I like Conklin. Uh, that's who you were going to mention. It was. It just it feels like he's a little too involved for only three thousand. Like he had seven targets last week, five targets before. But like, though he's doing something with the targets. He had five for fifty-seven and three for seventy-one. So it's not like a, you know, a, a Cole Combat where you get a bunch of targets and he's you know look up and he's like three for twenty-two. But it actually like getting some yards involved in that offense. Um, you know, with, with Jefferson and, and Thielen, there's a way they can focus on him. Um, yeah, I think that Conklin is a nice pivot away from Alberto. I do like Alberto, but I think, uh, you know, Conklin in the tournament makes it makes a lot of sense to kind of get away from the chalk there. But um, I think I'm going to go with a lot of Dallas Goddard. He's only 4,500 and just uh, he hit 12 targets the last two weeks with, with, with Ertz out. You know, we mentioned earlier, Eagles threw it 14 times. He had seven of those targets. The Chargers have also another team that struggled versus tight end. So I like that. Um, you know, Mike Kosicki's kind of always in that range. He only had four targets last week, but he's always involved. Good matchup this week against Houston, but you know, maybe they shut it down early. He's 4,900. But um, I think for me, it's a week that I'm going to save at tight end. I'm going to go Goddard on some lineups 
And if I don't go there, I'm going to go all the way down to Albert O and Conklin. Yeah. One, I just wanted to touch on Goddard again. I didn't not, didn't mean to, uh, I kind of wrote him off a little bit when I was talking about the Eagles, but everything. No, I, felt like said, you're, I think it felt like you were running off the Eagles more than, more than Goddard. Yeah, but no, you're, you're absolutely right about Goddard. I, I mentioned that like I was worried he might not be able to have a ceiling game, but that's completely wrong. He would have had a huge game last week if, yeah. if the game stayed close, like you said, seven, seven of the 14 targets, uh, very, He's too cheap now that they don't have Earth. So yeah, I think definitely. he's I think he's a red zone guy too. Like when they get down there, he's gonna look at him. I just think it all kind of lines up. Without Earth's in there, I just I think it, I think he's too cheap, too cheap, too cheap this week. Agreed. And I also agree that I'll be mostly pay, paying down. Um, I'm not sure if you mentioned Jared Cook, but he's okay. Still still too cheap, um, especially with with Herbert. And then um, people don't like to go back to a play like Dan Arnold, who who. Um, does well for you one week as the popular punt. And then now he's a little bit priced up in a tough matchup, but it's still very cheap. I mean, if he's going to see eight, nine targets, I mean, that's, yeah. that's exactly what you want for 3,400. And with people playing Albert O, I don't mind going back to Arnold. So yeah, just in general though, I'm, I'm going to be in this range too. Yeah. Goddard. And then some of those three K guys, I agree. Yeah, they, I mean, and Jackson McCulley likes Arnold. They traded for him, and then he they, he kind of came in and has a bunch of targets. Uh, what are you doing at defense this week? Uh, I think the key question, I think, is like, do you go with the Chiefs? They're playing as a rookie quarterback. They're at home as a big favorite. Like, all that, like, formula stuff kind of lines up to 2,300. Um, but the Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense has not been good. Um, they did have three sacks last week, but uh, their DCC bill better last three weeks, but they're still not been great. Um, do you play them or are you going to go up more than like the, some of these, these plays in the three thousands? Um, well for, for cash games, I'm just absolutely going to play the chiefs. Yeah, um, I think, they're, I think they're, a lot of people will do the same, right? There's just, I mean, you play any defense in the NFL, if they're $2,300 at home against Jordan love, it's yep. just, you just do it. Like you, I mean, we know he, he's not a, a rookie quarterback, but it's pretty much the same thing. It is. And, um, you mentioned, you know, Arrowhead's a tough place to play and they're 2300. So yeah, if you're playing cash, just put the Chiefs in and you know, use the salary to make the rest of your lineup better. Um for tournaments, so in, in tournaments yeah, where, where where else are you going if you want to get away from I mean, I want to ask you, you've you've hit on you've hit on some good defenses. Uh it's been a good recently. run of, it's been a good run of defense, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So what do you think? I'm going. Uh, I'm going with Dallas at 3,300 against uh, against Denver. Um, Denver's allowed multiple sacks in every game. Kind of the part of the reason we went with Washington last week, and they ended up with four sacks last week. So that that streak continued. Um, I always like to get a floor of sacks. You know, you're you're hoping for turnovers, you're hoping for pick sixes, but you get that floor of sacks. You get those three or four points to start out with. Means teams are getting pressure. Means guys are rushing the ball. Um, I don't love to go against Teddy Bridgewater because he usually is pretty safe. But if Dallas gets up in this game. Second half, if Dallas can get pressure on him, he's got to throw some passes. Um, I think they're priced well. You know, I, I, the Bills against Jacksonville makes a lot of sense, but they're four thousand. So if I can save seven hundred, get down to Dallas, I think that's where I go. Um, I do like the Saints this week at thirty-seven hundred, but I think I'd save the money again with Dallas. Um, you know, the Saints have ten sacks last week. They first forced three turnovers against Tom Brady last week. That's uh, it's impressive going against the Falcons team that doesn't have Calvin Ridley. Um, I think people will go with Miami against Houston just because it's against Houston, but. Um, Miami has one sack the last two weeks. Houston did allow a lot of sacks, but that was the Rams last week. Um, so I think my answer to your question is Dallas at 3,300. 
That's who I would have said too. So, yep, continue to be on the same page. Dallas. I like it. Uh, we're, we're either headed for a good week or we're headed uh, for a lot of commiserating next week. <laughs> right. I think it's going to be a good week. I don't know. I, um, it's a, it's an interesting week. Without without those high total games, you really have to kind of pick through and figure out who, you know, players you like rather than games you like. And I, I actually prefer those weeks. I, I don't like the weeks where there's, you know, two games that are 56 and everybody's playing the same ones. You kind of have to play those. I do uh, I do like weeks where you can pick and choose and kind of find some games that you like a little bit more. You mentioned the the Giants and Raiders. That was an interesting point about, like, maybe that's a game that, uh, that sticks out a little bit. Like, the, the total maybe is a little lower than you think it should be. Yep. Uh, agreed. And uh, just uh, one other defense, um, yeah. sort of a longer shot um, that people – I don't, you know, people won't, this is a bad defense. People won't play this defense, but they're cheap and they have some fumble recovery upside, I would say interception upside. And you know, that, that leads to a possible touchdown. And that's um, the defense that's going against Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon. Now they're one of the worst defenses in the league, but the Falcons (laughs) for 2,500, it's a, it's a large field play where, where a touchdown um, and double digit points could do a lot for your line. Right. No, and I say, you know, as you're looking at tournaments and I think a lot of people are going to look at Kansas City and just kind of automatically put them in. So anything you can get it to be a little pivot away, especially on defense, which is so variable with who really does well. Like you said, it's one bounce or one tip pass the other way. Um, I think it's really it's good to have another option in that range. So that's a that's an yep. interesting one there. Um, yeah, I, I looked at Philly a little bit because they were so good against Detroit, but I just don't love going against the Chargers offense. Um, if I were to go under three thousand with somebody else, it'd probably be the Raiders against uh, Daniel Jones, just because the the turnover uh, the turnover factor is always an issue there. But uh, I think yeah. I still I think I'd still go up to Dallas at thirty three hundred. I think they're close enough to Dallas that I'd probably just go with the Cowboys. Yeah, no, I'm just looking now because I mentioned a twenty five hundred dollar defense. Um, Cleveland might actually be the better twenty five hundred dollar defense. It's never bad, like playing a defense that has miles Garrett um, and, right. and Burrow Burrow throws interceptions. Um, it, uh, well, let me see. Yeah. Five, he's thrown at least one in the last four games, five in the last four games. Um, so yeah, I mean, just options. Yeah, no, it's, it's always good to have options. I think that uh, you throw in, you throw Carolina there too against uh, Mac Jones at 2,600, but Definitely. You know, New England doesn't tend to take a lot of uh, a lot of risks, but anyway. So I think we've hit everybody. I want to thank everybody for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We always appreciate that. If you could please rate and read the podcast, it does help us out a lot. Helps people find the podcast. It's always a good thing. Uh, if you want to follow Ryan on Twitter, he's at Ryan. His last name is B-E-L-O-N-G-I-A. I am at Scott Jenstad, Jenstad, J-E-N-S-T-A-D. If you have any questions, or as injury stuff's uh, break, I'm sure there'll be some news today that'll kind of affect some lives a little bit too. Definitely hit us up on there. Other than that, hope everybody has a fantastic week nine. We look forward to uh, look forward to uh, seeing how it works out. We'll chat with you uh, next Friday morning. So everybody have a good weekend and take care. Thanks, Scott. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.